to Film Fragments, a podcast where we take fragments of an actor, director, and genre and tell you our favorites from their catalog. My name is Brian Suffield. I'm your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you guys to this week's episode of Film Fragments, where today we're going to be talking about our favorite film star and Oscar nominee, Rachel McAdams. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Hits the ears this weekend, so I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to go through the career of Rachel McAdams and tell you guys our favorites from her catalog. And today I'm very excited to be joined by Nasha Foster to talk to me about Rachel McAdams. Hi, Nasha. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on. I cannot wait to gush with you about Rachel McAdams. But before we get into talking about yourself and the career of Rachel McAdams, I like to throw these curveball questions at the start of these episodes. You have the opportunity to take one Rachel McAdams character out to dinner where it's with your family, friends, or just yourself. Which character would it be and why? Oh, I would say I think her Morning Glory character if, I don't know. Have you seen that one? Morning Glory? I have. I have not seen. That's one of my blind spots of Rachel so, McAdams' like, career. She's such a like, like powerhouse, like TV producer in that one. But she's like so like. I, I mean, she's always kind of quirky in her roles, but in that one, I just feel like she's so like career driven and like, and so have would have a lot of good stories from working uh, at a news channel and just like you know, working with um. I'm blanking on his name right now. That's embarrassing. I'm blanking on the name of, oh, my God, Han Solo from Harrison Ford. Oh, my God. I was thinking Pierce Brosnan, and I was like, what is wrong with me? Because I know that's Harrison Ford and Diane Keaton are both in that movie. (laughs) But Harrison Ford, like, plays himself kind of in it. So, like, I just I mean, he always plays himself. He always does. Like, the grumpy. For some reason, he's always grumpy now. And I just, but I feel like that character would have great. I can't believe I forgot his name. That's Oh, my God. But it's because I'm here. It's the pressure. (laughs) That's, that was the funniest thing that I think has ever happened on this podcast. You not knowing Harrison Ford's name. (laughs) I'm literally screaming. Oh, my God. It's funny. Before I came on, I was like, I'm going to forget the name of the movie Morning Glory because it just like doesn't stay in my brain. And of course, I forget (laughs) Harrison Ford instead. That Uh, that is great. I love that. I love that. Uh, Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but it's one that's been on my list for quite some time. I'm so, so thankful that you did not pick Mary from About Time because that's the person I would easily take out to dinner. I love that character so much. I'll go further into my thoughts on About Time later on in this episode, but she is so wholesome. She is so endearing as Mary. She's an American, which helps. I would love to just go get dinner with her in London. I would literally fly to London to have dinner with her because why not? And, you know, I may not have the ability to travel through time like Dom Hall Gleason does, but, hey, that's okay. I I have other powers and abilities, I guess. I don't know. But and she doesn't know, right? So <laughs> She doesn't know, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I am traveling through time right now as we speak, so, you know, we'll have to. <laughs> but, no, that's easily my pick. Um Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about that film later on in the episode. But before we get into talking about the career of Rachel McGams, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Talk a little bit about what got you into film, why you love it so much. What's your story with film? Why do you love it so much? Why do I love film? So I I can't remember the first time that I went to the movie theater. I It was just like a thing my family did every weekend almost, like – just as far back as as far as they as far back as they could bring me to the theater without people getting annoyed, right? Like just 
constantly there. Um, and I feel like movies have always just been a part of my life. And then when I was in high school, I did a TV production class, just kind of on a whim, just did it. And I loved it so much, just loved editing, loved making movies. I started writing scripts from that. And then I went to film school, which was just a great experience, met great people, uh, ended up working in LA for a few years. Didn't love that, <laughs> but <laughs> doing that, you know, led me into doing like nonprofit work, which production, event production, all kind of tied together. And then like, you know, I, I was writing scripts still on my, in my free time. I just, you know, always something I've enjoyed doing, but, um, uh, once I went on to Twitter, which I, I went on not to get too much into this, but I went on Twitter just because of January 6th. I like was just trying to catch up on the news with it. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like big things happening in our world right now. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, hear about it. And so I went on Twitter and then slowly just started seeing film Twitter and had no knowledge of it at all. And then started finding all these like great people like yourself on there <laughs> and making connections with people who love movies as much as I do, which for me was just like, it's something I didn't even get from going to college was like these, the connections of people who love just talking about movies and like making lists of movies and ranking them, like just finding other people who want to do that. Cause you think you're like the only one, right? When you're just mm-hmm. like making your own yep. lists all the yep. time. <laughs> and you're like, this is just for me. Or I'd go on Tumblr and just post like a random list of something and like, you know, just get like a few people liking it, but just, it didn't feel like real people, you know, in that, in that uh, platform. So when I got to Twitter, it was just like, I don't know, it's just been really nice making connections there and just finding other people who love movies and just love talking about them and, you know, ranking them as I said, (laughs) (laughs) making lists of them, just like making a random post that's like, name all the movies that have to do with the color blue and just like getting a big list (laughs) from people and like, finding new things to watch you know the movies I, the recommendations i've gotten from twitter too are just like that's one of the best parts too and then you see like your your friends your followers also all of them start watching the same movie from like 10 years ago and like just like has like a new resurgence it's very special no i'm so glad that you came into the film twitter community because you're definitely and i say this about a lot of people but I'm being completely honest when I say this. You're one of my favorite people in the entire community. Like, you're just... The passion that you have for film is the reason why I wanted you to come onto this show today. And just seeing you glow about your love for film and how you just brought up how you went to film school, but you didn't really have a lot of people who were, like, that into movies and ranking lists and talking about movies and everything. Then you came across film Twitter, and then you met all these people. And then you met me, and you're like, oh, God, what the fuck? <laughs> and now you're on my show, and it, I, you regret it. You, you made a bad decision. I'm just kidding. I'm so happy that you're here, and I, I'm really happy that you're here. And, you know, you talked about off camera that this is your first time coming onto a podcast. Yeah, it is. I know. Just just for you. <laughs> <laughs> just for me. And just I'm, for you. I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful that you agreed <laughs> to come on today. And going into why you're here today, Rachel McAdams, why do you think a lot of people get excited whenever they see Rachel McAdams' name attached to a project? Why do you think a lot of people love her so much? And what makes you such a fan of Rachel McAdams herself and her work? So... What's funny is I remember when 
The Notebook came out, and I remember when Mean Girls came out, and I remember not realizing that that was the same person in both <laughs> movies. And when I found out it was her, I just was like, oh, my God, she's so good. Like, she is so good in Mean Girls. Well, she's good in both movies, but me- like Mean Girls especially. I mean, The Notebook I read – as a teenager in one day on the couch, just read the whole entire book. Cause I was my like, sister, did, my sister did the exact same thing. Yeah. And then when it came out, I just remember that like Rachel McAdams just made that, like the character just speak. She was, that was, she made it her own. Like mm-hmm. she, it was not no long. I don't even remember anything from the book. I remember the movie and watching her. Mm-hmm. Like she's just got such a presence and such a like, just like a spark. Cause she's very like, even in like, serious movies like red eye like she's still still there's like this essence of her that comes through and like i think she's just so likable just because she's so like you feel like you could know her and you and like she's like one of those people who'd be like popular in school and you would understand why you'd be mm-hmm. like okay i get why this i get why everyone wants to be friends with her because she's like just seems very like like she seems as funny as she is in the comedy movies, but also just as like caring and like compassionate as she is in her like serious roles, you know. Absolutely. The reason why I love her, and I said this to you before, that she's not necessarily a top ten actor for me, but the reason why I do get excited whenever I see her name attached to a project is that she's done practically everything, and she's only in her early forties. She's done everything. She's yeah. done comedies, she's done drama, she's done romance, she's done yeah. thrillers, she's done she was in a comic book movie, she's she's I done know. it all. And it's really incredible to see the trajectory of her career. I mean, she's been acting for twenty years and Mean Girls and the Notebook came out the same year and they're about to celebrate their twentieth anniversaries next year, oh, which wow. is insane. Yeah. And I I remember when I saw um the notebook and then when I – same reaction as you when I found out that in Mean Girls that they were both played by Rachel McAdams. I was shocked. I was like, no way. There's no <laughs> way. But it just comes to show the range that she brings to all of her performances. She's absolutely incredible. And I cannot wait to delve into her career because, like I said, she's done everything. And everything. there's still so much that she has to do. But for mm-hmm. where she's been in her career – I'm really happy to point out that she's done so much. She's very mm-hmm. consistent. She always gives it 110%. She works with a lot of these incredible filmmakers, one after the other. And I cannot wait to delve into her career. I'm so excited. And I'm so, so curious to hear your top five <laughs> list. Because honestly, I have no idea the direction you're going to go. I feel like my list is the most generic Rachel McGam's list ever but we'll have to see <laughs> when people listen to this so let's not waste any time let's get into our top five favorite film starring rachel mcgams so nasha what is your number five pick okay so that's my not my top one right so we're starting from my okay i didn't order these beforehand brian so i have to think about it for a second wait i do know it though because i have I do love Rachel McAdams. I think I'd probably put Spotlight at number five, which I know is, like, kind of surprising. But for me, like, I love Tom McCarthy. I'm a big fan of Tom McCarthy. Um, And, you know, I think for me, like, I do really like his stories that are more about uh, people, like, just, like, everyday life people rather than, you know, a, um, like, true story, like, sort sort of film. But, like, Spotlight... 
again, like Rachel McAdams just brings something to her roles that makes you feel like she's someone you could know, like a real person. And I feel like with a story like Spotlight, which is such a like, like a, it, it is like a, you know, based on a true story biopic kind of movie, but it feels very like personal and very, the characters feel very real. And um, yeah, she just, she brings something very special to that part I think I mean obviously she has like a great cast in that movie too so um I'm imagining that one is I feel like that's you're you're a fan of Spotlight right I feel like I remember you talking about that before I am gonna pass it's a little higher on my list I will talk yeah. about it in <laughs> just a little bit uh my number five is Red Eye from 2005 directed by the late great Wes Craven um Wes Craven is a very interesting filmmaker to me because I'll be honest, I haven't really seen a lot of what he's done. Like, yeah, I've seen The Nightmare on Elm Street, of course. I've seen the Scream films, but I haven't really seen a lot of his stuff outside of those franchise films that he's done. Mm-hmm. And I remember being very interested in Red Eye when I just saw it one day on one of the streaming services. I was like, oh, Rachel McGams, love her. Killian Murphy terrifies the fuck out of me, but sure, that's a great parent. I will watch right away. And this is a tight thriller. This thing flies by so quickly. It's under 90 minutes. It knows exactly what it wants to be. It is so engrossing. It is so terrifying. These are the kinds of movies that we really don't get anymore, where we get these high-octane, very tightly paced thriller films that... And this feels very 2005. This feels very much something that came out in 2005. It... It, again, it's something that we don't really get anymore. We don't get movies like this anymore, which is kind mm-hmm. of disappointing. But leave it to Wes Craven to craft together a film like this. I think his direction is really intense. It's some of the best that he's ever done. And Rachel McAdams, I mean, she is so captivating in this. She is so fantastic. Like, the fear that you see in her, you feel that fear. Because whenever you watch a horror movie or a thriller, sometimes it's hard to buy the tension. It's hard to buy how they're presented to us, the viewers. But through Rachel McAdams, like she has these moments where she just gives these expressions where she doesn't say anything, and you are on the edge of your seat just hoping that she's going to make it out of this. And Killian Murphy, oh my God. I mean, that guy is a criminally underappreciated actor like everybody knows who he is he does have a big name but he's not as well known as he should be quite frankly in the film world because he hasn't done a lot of lead-in roles but when Oppenheimer comes out in the summer I mean that's going to change right away everyone immediately is going to know who Killian Murphy is they're going to cast him in these leading roles and I'm just so excited to see where his career is going to go come the end of the year I'm telling you right now the Oscar campaign starts right now Oscar nominee Killian Murphy is going to happen I'm saying that right now I have full faith in it I know it's going to happen I cannot wait for that to happen but Red Eye is so so slick it's so adrenaline inducing it's i mean the fact that again it just goes by so quickly it's so it's paced so well and movies like this we get thrillers that are paced so poorly but this flies by wes craven knows exactly what he's doing and there's a reason why he was regarded as one of the finest filmmakers in the horror industry and yeah i mean 
I think a lot of people would say that this is the best film that he's directed that isn't um, Nightmare on Elm Street or Scream. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen everything that he's done, but I really loved what he did here. And I really think a lot of it is owed to the great performances given by Rachel McAdams and Killian Murphy. I think this is one that I could watch over and over again. I just watched it for the first time today. And I really enjoyed it so much. I know it's crazy that I hadn't seen it until yeah, I was now. Gonna say the first time today watching it. I I don't know why I had pushed it off for so long, but I'm so glad that I finally sat down today to watch it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was very entertained. I was in edge of my seat, and Brian Cox was in it, and I love that seeing everything that's been going on with <laughs> Succession and seeing him in this. It felt very refreshing. So Red Eyes, my number five. Are you gonna pass, or is this not on your list? So that's. Red Eye is my number four. Ooh, good say. transition. Good transition. Yeah, no, for sure. So I saw Red Eye when it came out. Um, and I remember that specifically because I played field hockey at the time. And if you remember from watching it earlier, <laughs> that that is the weapon that she uses. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a, you know, 15-year-old who played field hockey, I was like, that really would, that those hurt. Like a field hockey stick is like a serious weapon. So like props to her not to give spoilers away but you know if someone hasn't seen it yet then it's not really a spoiler anyway um <laughs> but yeah no i red eye like you're saying it's super suspenseful i didn't know it was west craven for a long time because as like a 15 year old when i saw it it was just like i mean i've watched it probably several times since then it's one of those movies that's just like so easy to put on it's always exciting you wouldn't watch it for a few years and you like mm-hmm. kind of you like forget what happens in it mm-hmm. and you know you only you you know the main beats but there's so a good action movie has so much in between the lines you know and uh you know it's not just those like couple big moments there's like actual like and that's the thing again that's what's what's so great about rachel mcadams is that she she herself adds so much to a role i feel like even what's written on the page she really like makes you care so much about a character that like i don't know if another if they cast someone else if it would have been the same feeling as what she brings to it if if that makes sense but like uh her playing off of um uh, you know of him in the movie just like i mean her in her and brian cox too all, she she's just so she makes everyone else around her better i think you know, in a lot of ways. Um, not that they're not all great actors too, but you know, you can tell when someone's in a movie with her because you know of what she she brings to the part and what she you know they go they feed off of her energy. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and yeah, Red Eye, super sensual, super fun movie. It, I think it's surprising because you know at that time Rachel McAdams hadn't really been in. As far as like I had seen, you know, at that time, I think she'd been in some other dramas, but that was really the first like more borderline horror that I had seen her in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the times young actresses, when they get into the horror movies, it's more like uh, like Jennifer Lawrence, like what is like the house down the road or like one of those like some, remakes. Something of, like that. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. <laughs> one of those remakes that's just like about a murderer, you know. Oh, house but, at the end of the street. That's that, what it's called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like the boy next door to the house down the street. Yeah. No, the boy next um, door is with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> oh, okay. see, there is one though. There is one. Um, 
Yeah, that reminds me. Did you ever watch that? Not to cut off from Rachel McAdams, but did you ever watch that show that was like uh, the woman in the window across from the? Is like no. Kristen Bell w- with Kristen oh. Bell? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's really it's funny. It's very campy, but um, yeah, I always liked that Rachel McAdams didn't end up doing a movie like that. Like Red Eye is like, I feel like people don't see it because they think it's gonna just be some sort of like cheesy. Uh, you know, like early 2000s, you know, kind of action movie. And then when you actually watch it, there's like, it's a Wes Craven movie. It is a cool movie. Like he, you know, I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it is, it's him in his, his, you know, good, better form, great form. Um, It's great storytelling. And yeah, it's a really fun movie and she's great in it. You know what was crazy about Red Eyes? So, like, it was the year after she did Mean Girls and The Notebook. So, it was like, you go from The Notebook to Mean Girls to Red Eye. And then also in 2005, get ready for this, she had both Wedding Crashers and The Family Stone come out. Like, all these drastically different movies. At the same time? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And she, like, looks a little different. And, like, somehow, like, she just changes her hair, like, slightly. And she's, uh-huh. like, a whole different uh-huh. character, uh-huh. honestly. It's nuts. It's oh, just crazy. Stone. The amount, the range, the the range that she has is impeccable. And that was so early in her career too. It's like you go from this Nicholas Sparks drama to this mm-hmm. high school teen comedy to this high octane thriller, and then you do this buddy comedy, and then you do this Christmas movie. It's like so yeah. much range. It's funny. You know, I would probably like put. Family Stone and Spotlight kind of like even for me because it's so funny how or not funny but like cool how you know and she's in these ensemble casts and not even like that necessarily the top build cast member of these movies she's the one that I remember the most mm-hmm. like it's been so long since I've seen Family Stone but I remember like all the beats of her storyline in that yes movie. absolutely and, and I felt the most connected to her and like her character even mm-hmm. though she was definitely like one of the smallest parts of that movie because you know it's like all centered on um sarah jessica parker but like Mm -hmm. for me i'm like oh yeah that's a rachel mcadams movie right (laughs) you know (laughs) right definitely and my number four fittingly enough is the film that you just talked about as your number five spotlight that is my number four i'm a big fan of journalism movies i don't know why i find them to be incredibly engrossing i love dialogue heavy pictures i love watching movies where people just talk whether it's good talk or bad talk, comedy, drama, what have you, I love movies where people just talk to one another. I love it. And this thing moves so quickly. It's so fast, just like all, a lot of these – like when you're in a, an environment of journalists, you have to move quickly. So it makes sense that this movie flowed as fast as it did. I did not get a chance to rewatch this before this podcast. I haven't seen this movie honestly since it came out in 2015. It's been a long time. Oh, I've same. only seen it I've only seen it once. I saw it the one time in theaters when it came out. Um I know that a lot of people don't talk about Spotlight that much anymore. Like it's one of those best picture winners that you know people talked about for a while and then they moved on and everything. And I get it. It's not the most rewatchable best picture winner. It's not exactly the most exciting film to watch, but that ensemble, every single one of them knocks it out of the park, and it's really hard for me to pick a favorite from the from the ensemble. But like you have the likes of Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Leif Schreiber, John Slatery, Stanley Tucci, Brian Darcy James, Billy Crudup, Richard Jenkins, and then of course you have Rachel McAdams, who I'll be honest, when 
Rachel McAdams got her Oscar nomination for this, I was genuinely surprised. I really did not think that was going to happen. And when people were predicting her, I'm like, I feel like the only person that's likely to get a nomination for this was Mark Ruffalo. And obviously, mm -hmm. he ended up getting nominated as well. But Rachel McAdams, I mean, she is essentially the heart and soul of this movie. And I really love her character. I love the character of Sasha. I think she was very interesting to follow. And one of the more intense sequences that stuck out to me was when she talked to one of those priests and he explicitly, or it was one of the church boys, like the younger boys as an adult. And he just like went through everything that went down. And it was a very uncomfortable scene to watch. And it was done so well and the tension was really high the dialogue was incredible in this it won the oscar for best original screenplay and then obviously the film took home the award for best picture would i have given this film best picture no this would not have been my first choice for best picture but i do think it's a deserving best picture winner it's not one of those scenarios to where it was a undeserving best picture winner to where it's like this is a terrible best picture it it's not a crash it's not a green book you know, it's not one of the great Best Picture winners. It's not like a Parasite or mm -hmm. a recent Everything Everywhere All at Once. But I really dug Spotlight. I love that entire ensemble. And Rachel, I don't know if she was my favorite. I, I think Mark Ruffalo gave my favorite performance of the film. It's really yeah. tough because everyone knocked it out of the park. Everyone had like their moment to shine. Though. He was yeah. the same. Like that whole sequence where he's like, it could have been you, it could have been me, it could have been all of us. Like that whole sequence, that mm -hmm. the clip that always flies around from this movie. Yeah, I Tom McCarthy did a great job helming this and directing and writing it. And um he was nominated for director. He lost to Alejandro Inaritu for the Revenant, which I mean, say what you want about the film. Say what you want about it. It's not exactly the best. <laughs> But it is very well directed, and you can't like push aside the work that he put into that movie. I kind of wish that he would bounce back up because Bardo, to me, was a massive letdown. So I'm in the minority, but you know it's okay. Um, but I love Spotlight; it's fantastic. It's definitely one of the better journalism movies to come out in recent memory. Um, when I'm, I saw, I'm, what, I'm what, from what, the. Go oh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, I was just going to add I one thing about Spotlight that I forgot to say before. It's like I'm from the Boston area, and I just, like, appreciated that they didn't, like, overdo it in that movie with, like, Boston accents. And, like, I give credit to, like, Rachel McAdams, too. Because, like, people don't – if you're if you've ever been there, not everyone speaks. Like, oh, I know. I just Boston had this accent. conversation with someone very yeah. – I just had this conversation literally yesterday with my coworker because I joke around and everything. Like, I – I come in and I, and I do a fake Boston accent and everyone laughs at it and everything. But it's like I said, when I went to Boston, I didn't hear anyone talk like that. I didn't hear anyone say cat, a bat, a pack. Like, I didn't hear that when I went to Boston. <laughs> I mean, it's like you hear it, but it's like one. It's like one guy. It's, it's, it's not literally like, one know, guy. It's like a, one or... Just just a one guy. Just a yeah. one guy. Yeah, it's not like a whole group of people. It's like, like there's always like a movie and it's like every single person in the room is speaking that way. And it's like, no, no, no. Everyone would be from somewhere else. There'd be one guy who's like from Selfie and he'd be hard to understand. Like he would be the only one. <laughs> yeah. This is a very silly question to ask. But of all the movies that you've seen with people from Boston, who would you say gives your favorite fake Boston accent on screen? That's a tough fake question. It's hard. 
Yeah. I could tell you mine, but I'd be okay, curious so, to hear yours because yeah. you're, you're from the area, so I would love to know. I actually don't know who's done a fake – because I would – you know, if I had to say, like, my favorite, like, Boston actor doing an accent, like, from the area would be, like, Casey Affleck, even though I don't know how I feel about Casey Affleck as a whole anymore. But accent-wise, like, he's – but he's from the area, so I feel like he, mm -hmm. like, knows – Oh, that that accent work so in Manchester by the Sea, impeccable, fantastic. He's yeah, like he just knows how to like do it so subtly. You know, it's not like it it doesn't take over. Like Mark Wahlberg is just like so exaggerated sometimes when he's doing it. Even though it's him, it's like some of it's natural, but some of mm -hmm. it is like punched up. I feel like in like The Departed. Matt but, Damon, um, what about him? What do you think of his Boston accent? Oh my god, when I when I tried. Sorry to anyone listening that loves this movie, but when I tried to watch uh, The Last Duel. I just like his accent was his actual Boston accent was coming through so much for me that I was like, he's not, I can't picture him in like medieval times. Like he's, he's not, this isn't, he's got a wig on and I know it. And he's, his accent's coming through <laughs> and he needs to go back to Boston. Like he's just not, I love Matt Damon and other things, but for some reason in that role, I just like couldn't separate it. <laughs> I just couldn't unhear the voice coming through. But who are you going to say? Who was your favorite? Easily Tom Hanks and Catch Me If You Can. Easily Tom Hanks and Catch Me If You Can. It's so over the top. It's so freaking funny because, like, we had never seen Tom Hanks do a Boston accent, and he, like, really goes all out with it. Like, when he talks and everything, Kyle Hanratty, I love it. It's so good. It's so good to me. I, I just... It's so funny that like didn't I I've seen that movie a few times and I and I love it. It's great. I but I, I his accent never stuck in my mind. I'm just like I guess Tom Hanks. I'm just like he's doing Tom Hanks. He's mm -hmm. being another Tom Hanks character. I was yeah. I never, yeah, I never left like an impression on me enough to like think about it later. The well, it's just that you're, he's you're just right. I, he just really hams it up in that role. Like when he yeah. does the whole knock knock joke, it it like. He hams it up, and that's why I love it so much. And plus, like, mm -hmm. because when Tom Hanks does an accent, it's like, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting because he did his, I wait for airport for a long time for Krokosia in the terminal. He did that accent. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. I guess everything, like, well, now everything pales in comparison to Elvis, which was, like, just. We are two uh, lonely I love... children. <laughs> <laughs> It's so like I love so much about Elvis, but his like he was just so goofy in that. Like, no, I just I, I didn't agree. get it. I, I agree. Could, I could see it being like intentional, but I just didn't get it. I, I agree. It. And before we get into any Elvis slander, let's yeah. move back to our topic. <laughs> I love Spotlight. It is a great film. Definitely one of the better Boston films to come out. Love it so much. Absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. So now going into our number threes, what is your pick? So my number three would be about time, which I know we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, it's funny. This one, I feel like, I mean, I I feel like in some ways, like when I think about about time, I, I do focus. And you, have to, you have to correct me if I say his name wrong. But I'm always reading actors' names and not saying them out loud, which I know you are doing that more than me. So just correct me. Dom, Domnell Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Right? You nailed it. Yes. I feel like. Domnell and Billy, Billy Nye get like more of the attention from about time because I mean, obviously the father son story is so prominent in that movie. And so it's like, it's like the heart of the movie. Right. But like Rachel McAdams character in that is also like 
is I mean, she, I mean obviously she's on the cover of it but it, it she she's not the forefront of it she's not necessarily what you you know when you read the summary of it necessarily that part of it but when I think of it also though it's like it's a romantic comedy about the two of them coming together and like their lives and like her life is being and her character's life is being so infected the whole movie by all the decisions that like he's making and like we were saying she doesn't you know her character has no idea that her life is being changed and like kind of manipulated almost (laughs) in this movie and uh it could have been so easy to have that character not be as strong as it ends up being and as integral to the story and I feel like you know, what she brings to it and, you know, just like her personality shining through is what makes that part of it, um, like, memorable and, like, makes it actually, like, again, it could have just been an a about time about a father and son and made that the central piece. But because of how great she is and her connection, I mean, her connection with her love interest in all of her movies is just, like, I just think that she brings so much chemistry to the table because, I mean, not that Domhnall hasn't had, you know, I love him in Brooklyn, love him with Sir Sharonin, like, he's great, but, like, I just feel like everything I see, I'll talk about this more when we get to my, my other, my other, my t- number two and number one, but, like, every matchup that she has, like, every love interest, like, the chemistry, people talk about rom-coms and chemistry now, but, like, Rachel McAdams, like, brings the chemistry to, like, she does so much work and, like, so well, you know, in all of her parts, but you see that especially in About Time. Because like I said, it could have easily not been focused on her character, but because of what she brings to it, like she's a, it become it becomes a romantic comedy because of her and because of what she brings to the role. I think. Pass. <laughs> so my number three, I'm gonna be shocked if this is not on your list. I'm definitely gonna be shocked because I feel like anytime someone makes a Rachel McAdams list, this is easily in the top three. And I'm so sorry to everybody for not putting this in my top two. I am so sorry. My number three is Game Night. One of the best studio comedies to come out in the past 10 years. I remember walking into this movie being ready to hate it. I was like, this looks so dumb. It looks so stupid. I love Jason Bateman. I love Rachel McAdams. And I love Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler, we'll talk about him a little bit more in a few minutes. But I went into the film ready to hate it. And then everyone was saying, this is one of the funniest films in years. This is one of the best studio comedies in a long time. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. No, it's not. There's no way. There's no way. But I went to go see it. And oh my God. I mean, I was laughing so hard that I lost count of how many times I was laughing hysterically throughout this movie. And, you know, for a movie like this to work as well as it does, you need to have great performances surrounding the material that is being presented and jason bateman and rachel mcgams have incredible back and forth with one another they work off each other so well it's the kind of parent that i didn't think would work as well as it does because you think rachel mcgams and then you look at jason bateman and not that jason bateman is a bad looking dude because he's not but it's a very unconventional parent to say the least mm-hmm. but i love them together and rachel is absolutely hysterical in this it was really refreshing to see her in a full-fledged comedy again because yeah she had done some comedies prior to this but really the last time you saw her 
headline a studio comedy was Mean Girls. Like, that was the last time because, like, yeah, she did Wedding Crashers. She did Morning Glory. But, like, straight-up comedy, this was, like, a return to form for her. And, you know, you see the clip all the time on Twitter and social media and what have you. But, really, her delivery of when she's talking to that guy, then he flies into the propeller of the plane, and she's just like, yes! Oh, no, he died! Like, just, like, the quick shift, like, how she goes from being so excited to being like, oh, no, he died! It's it's so good. It's great comedic time, and I love her in this so much. She's an absolute delight. It, even the sequence where after he gets shot in the arm, and then she, like, pours the shard on him, and then he has the squeaky toy in his mouth to, like, help with the pain and everything. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. <laughs> and then they realize, I mean, oh, I God, love... the bullet, the bullet already went through. Like, the bullet was already <laughs> out of there. Oh, so good. I love Game Night. It's fantastic. But I brought up Kyle Chandler before. I think he's a very underrated actor. He'll always be Coach Taylor to me. But every time I see him in something, I get very excited whenever I see him in something. But... Even though I love Richard McGams and I love Jason Bateman and I love Kyle Chandler and I practically love everyone else, I think we can all agree that the true standout of Game Night was Jesse Plemons, who I had never seen this side of him before. He was so creepy, but in such a funny way. Like, he's just a neighbor cop, and he always carries around his dog. Like, the sequence where he answers the door, and then he just slowly emerges away from the door and backs away into the dark. It's so good. And honestly, <laughs> every once in a while, they'll recognize comedy performances for the Oscars and everything. I think Jesse Plemons should have gotten the Best Supporting Actor nomination for this performance because, honestly, I love Power of the Dog, and I'm happy that he got nominated for that, even though he really didn't do a lot in that movie. Mm -hmm. this should have been his first Oscar nomination and it would have been a very cool Oscar nomination too because whenever they nominate straight up comedic performances regardless of how you feel it's just so cool that the Academy is recognizing comedy they're not just nominating all the baity Oscar dramas or what have you like when they nominated Melissa McCarthy mm -hmm. for Bridesmaids that was a really cool nomination because it's like uh, yeah. you have all these dramatic performances and then you have this studio tentpole comedy get it an oscar nomination for it's one of their performances <laughs> it's amazing what they were able to do but game night is really fun the twists and turns are great it's a very unpredictable film every time you think you know where this film's going it goes in the completely different direction which i love so much about this movie and yeah everyone nails their parts and also uh winston from new girl being in this is a massive thumbs up in my eyes so i love that he's in this I, and the denzel washington joke I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but when you watch the movie and you get to that joke, oh, my God, it's a great bit. It's a great running bit. And when you find out the crux of it, you're like, wow, that's that's brilliant comedy right there. And these guys just directed the new Dungeons & Dragons movie, which was absolutely wonderful. Biggest surprise of the year so far for me. Oh. And, yeah, I love Game Night so much. Is my number three... Are you going to pass or is this not on your list? So it's not on my list. Game Night's not on my list. But I do really like Game Night. The thing is, I really like a lot of Rachel McAdams movies. So, like, I could make, like, a long list of her movies. But Game Night, like you were saying, the scene where she shoots him in the arm is, like, 
like lives in my brain like that whole sequence just like her like physical comedy is just like so if like you were saying if they awarded more comedic roles rachel mcadams would have more nominations because Mm -hmm. like that alone is just like and and that whole Again, scene this, was so good because you brought up her physical oh, comedy. Sweet. But then when it just cuts back to Jason oh Bateman, he looks down at his hand and just goes, blood! <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. Oh, my God. And just like Jesse Plemons and that little dog is just like, it's just so per. And he, you know, you made me realize, because like I also, I loved um, Friday Night Lights. I didn't, it didn't like click in my brain, mm-hmm. the reunion of Kyle Chan. Because I don't know if they have a scene. I can't remember if they have like a scene together. I think they have really, one scene. Uh, I think they have one scene, scene together. Yeah. But like the reunion of them. Coach together. Taylor and Landry back yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, I know that Connie Britton wasn't in the movie, but like her lookalike, who I also love from Catastrophe, Sharon, um, Sharon Hogan, I think is her yes, last name. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I love they, – they should be sisters in a movie. They look like they could be sisters. And I, think, I think they just and... did a project together. I feel like they just did something did they? together. I think so. I feel like sometimes they're, like, hesitant to put two, uh, like, actors together who look very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, or they have to, like, dye one of their hair or something like they did with, like, um, Samara Weaving in <laughs> uh, Babylon. But um, – because her and Margot Robbie look so – Oh, yeah. So from, uh, it's uncanny. each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I loved seeing Kyle Chandler is definitely he's such a like like stoic actor and I feel like he gets overlooked because he's very like he like kind of holds his emotions in and like I think it's easy to think that he's always kind of playing the same part, but like when you watch him enough, especially if you watch Friday Night Lights, like, you know the range that he has. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing him in, like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street and uh, even, like, Stoker, which is, like, a random one. But, like, he's just, like, he super, brings... Super 8, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Oh, my God. He just... He, oh, my God. Man- and, like, I don't love Manchester by the Sea, but I... Like, he was so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like... I just think it's such a it's such a depressing movie. It's it, just like it, it one is. of like the saddest movies ever. It's so sad. I was like, what else are they gonna do? I'm like, someone wrote like this is fiction. Someone dreamt this horrible <laughs> tragedy. It's just like really such a bummer. Um, but yeah, he I, he was like such a standout for me in that. And again, he's just like he, his sort of role as being like the the serious person sometimes doesn't get enough credit because like you know someone's being like really loud and big next to him but he's like but i feel like game night was actually a more fun role for him too though because he got to do a little bit more of a different character than he normally does um but yeah no i loved that i do love game night but i probably would put it at like seven on my list i think just like i mean again my spotlight of five is like kind of like that's why i paused at first because like I could like shift things around because Spotlight is just like so. I love Tom McCarthy. I think he's such a good writer, and like so that I have to put that there. But like Game Night is like, like I'm like now I want to go watch Game Night again because I was like I had I watched it with my family and it was so much fun. It's such a fun movie, and you don't have a lot of comedies in the last like ten years that you that are just really like that are reminiscent of older comedies. You know, I just feel like. When I'm making my top list of comedies, it's usually like 80s and 90s mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Young Frankenstein. But it's not it's not more recent ones. There's just not as many 
Um, although, well, we, I'll talk about that later because we're not at number one yet. So. Yeah, I, it, it's just crazy <laughs> to me that we don't get a lot of studio comedies that are on this level of quality like this one. I mean, this one is mm-hmm. just so, like, it's so razor sharp and it knows exactly what it is and what it wants to be. And the jokes really hit. Like, practically all of them hit. Like, yeah, there's some jokes that don't land, but for the most part, like, I laughed the entire time. I was laughing the entire time. Uh, yeah, I love Game Night. It's fantastic. And it is one of the more surprising films I've seen in the last couple of years because, again, I walked into it expecting to not really care for it, and I walked out of it really pleasantly surprised. And uh, those are the kind of movies that I love whenever I walk into a movie expecting one thing and then I get the other thing. Like I didn't think I was gonna find block. I, like, blo- I didn't. I didn't think I was gonna find blockers to be funny. That's another great 2018 comedy. I went into that film being like, eh, okay, whatever, <laughs> and then I walked out of it like crying with laughter because it was just so funny. It was so good. I feel like one of the good things about Game Night too is like, you know, sometimes I feel like movies and the comedies are like afraid to have like almost unlikable main characters and like. Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman, that couple, is, like, kind of annoying in the movie. Like, they're kind of, like, too much. Like, you wouldn't... I don't know that I'd want to, like, if I had to go to dinner with one of her characters, I don't think I would choose her game night character because she seems, like, so competitive. But, like, that's what makes the movie so funny is, like, putting... Is making up these two characters who are so over the top, who are so, like just like a little bit like annoying and then putting them in this scenario you know and like seeing what they do with it is is yeah i think what makes it like special oh yeah so good so good and now it's time we get into our top two favorite rachel mcadams films so i'm really excited to hear your top two favorite films so what is your second favorite rachel mcadams film of all time okay so we mentioned this one already and yeah, I know you said you hadn't seen it, but Morning Glory for me is going to be at number two. That movie is very nostalgic for me. So in that movie, she plays a TV producer. And when I was in film school, that's around the time that it I first saw it. And so like in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, I want to be Rachel McAdams in this movie someday. Like she like I said, she's just very career driven, but also like, you know, finding the balance in her life between career and work and um you know she you know, i mean we've talked about how she's this you know her how she exudes this this you know quirky character but there's like a confidence in her in this movie and you know there's like a scene that i've seen people actually poke fun at it but i love it it's you know she is like running across like a pavilion in like a flowy skirt and like in her heels or whatever and like it's just like a transitional moment for her in the movie of, you know, kind of letting herself go. And like, yeah, you know, again, she, she does such a good job of like going from playing someone who's very tightly wound and then like showing the, the shift in her character is just like through her, her, like her body movements, you know, like she's just a very like expressive actor, but also just a very, like, I think she's so good at comedy because of how, you know, like you were saying before, just like her, the way her line delivery is for like the comedic moments. And there's like such a good mix in Morning Glory of comedy and also like heartfelt and, and romance. And it almost like doesn't even like there is a, there's a great. So the romance between her and Patrick Wilson and Patrick Wilson is like the quintessential 
love interests in movies. Like he, I mean, he he is another one that kind of like flows, like fa- falls under the radar all the time. I mean, I haven't looked at his filmography lately, but I feel like Patrick Wilson has been in just like a hundred movies. Like he, I always am watching something and I'm like, oh, that's Patrick Wilson again. Um, and there's so many of them where he plays the love interest, but this one is like, you know, especially great, I think, because, you know, he is, she, she is the, it's like a lot, it's a romantic comedy, but I feel like it's so much, so focused on her and he just like lets her shine in that role and like just gets to like play the good guy who just like supports, you know, he's not, there's no drama in the love really. It's more just all about her and her journey and her career and, you know, her making this news station better, like coming in and fixing something. You know, we, we love those stores, sort of stories like uh, what, like Taika Waititi's got the Ted Lasso sort of movie coming out. They just had the <laughs> <laughs> the trailer for, but we love those like redemption stories of something, you know, and that's exactly what Morning Glory is. It is she goes to a defunct news station with a grumpy Harrison Ford, whose name I remembered and <laughs> Diane Keaton and Diane Keaton who Diane Keaton is so funny in Morning Glory. She's just like so good. And you know, she but Rachel McAdams here comes in and she just like Ted Lasso's it, you know, just takes something and and makes it better. And it's just like such a it's such a funny movie. It's one of those like I don't feel like I laugh out loud a lot at movies. Like we were just talking about Game Night and the gun scene always makes me laugh. Morning Glory has like four scenes that all just like make me laugh every time I watch it. And so I feel like it it just has like a special place for me and also just is like when I think of Rachel McAdams, I think and I think of, you know, when you were asking my favorite roles of hers, I think of her running across that pavilion in her big flowy skirt just like feeling free i mean it's toward the end of the movie it's not even a spoiler but she's like just running across feeling free and like just like that shift in her character and in her story and just like and she's just great i love that one but i know you haven't you or you haven't seen it right i haven't seen it well now you'll have to watch it and then you'll have to tell me what you think about it okay i will do it just for you (laughs) i will do it just for you I've always wanted to see it because, I mean, Harrison Ford in the comedy is something that I just love to see. I don't know if you watched Shrinkin', but Shrinkin' was so fucking good, and he was Not really yet. great I heard on that, it. though. It's so good. It's so good. I heard it. Yeah, someone actually compared, like, where it's like, okay, it's like Morning Glory, him in the comedy space again, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like, I, I like the idea of that because he's great. He's very grumpy and lovable is his his mo lately so yeah i don't know if you've ever seen this interview but it was when rachel mcadams was doing press for um southpaw and someone was asking her a question like of save or kill i think it was like collier that did this interview and it was like han solo or indiana jones and she's like i've worked with harrison ford he's really nice so i'm gonna go with indiana jones and then like 10 seconds later she's like wait no he's both (laughs) like she (laughs) she thought he was only indiana jones (laughs) that's so funny i mean i feel like han solo like everyone just talks so much about han solo like as a character that you like forget that there's also like an actor Mm oh some people do not me because i forgot his name earlier and yeah you're (laughs) a fake fan you're fake (laughs) i'm a fake i am such a fake i am an imposter (laughs) (laughs) 
unprepared. I'm unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> unprepared. But no, I, I do want to watch more in glory. And while you were talking, I was reading about it. I had no idea that J.J. Abrams was a producer on it. That's just so crazy to me that of all the people to produce it, it, it's him. Like, in what world do we live in when he produces something that isn't like sci-fi or action or sci-fi? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how he, I mean, I, I, producing is so funny. I always wonder how people, usually it's like there's a connection somehow, but maybe he just like liked the script and the project and was like, yeah. I guess so. Because I think yeah. it might be bad. Is it bad? It might be Bad Robot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That did that one. That's yep. so funny. It's just so weird. Oh, that's cool. Because when you think of J.J. Abrams, you don't it's think random. of him producing something like that but then again he created felicity that show with carrie russell from the 90s so oh right he has he has his range like he's not just known as the guy who made alias and lost and brought star trek back and brought star wars back and everything so that's i would like i'll look it up later because i wonder if like there's like a connection like the writer of morning glory you know like there might be some like a tree thread or whatever branching off of that right no definitely definitely i'm all for getting rom-coms made (laughs) (laughs) did you hear about like i think it was what dave batista was like i want to be in a rom-com someone write a rom-com for me yeah he's like like, i'm not too good looking enough to be in the rom-com and i'm like you don't have to be good looking enough to be in the rom-com no you don't just put him with rachel mcadams in a rom-com oh my god it'll be perfect that would be a great parent. Perfect. Oh, I love it. I love it. Let's let's make yeah. it happen. Let's make it happen. I've, I've decided. I've decided that that's a really good idea. Yes. <laughs> Someone definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so my number two is about time, and I love it so much. I think the concept is so original and so unique. That it kind of reminded me a lot of when I first saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind to where you have this romance story, but you have this really cool spin to it. Now, Eternal Sunshine obviously follows this guy who's trying to erase this girl from his memory. And then you see all those memories come together and then he's slowly realizing, oh no, I don't want to let her go. Now, About Time does not follow that premise. This is a more lighthearted film compared to Eternal Sunshine, but... It's also very depressing at the same time. It blends the comedy and drama beautifully. And the premise to me has always been really cool because you do ask yourself the question, what would I be able to do if I could travel back in time to a specific moment? Would I redo something? Would I stop something from happening? Like, what what could I do? And, you know, Dom Hall, this was my first time I ever saw him in anything. I mean, yeah, he was in Harry Potter, but he was obviously very small in Harry Potter. But this was my first time seeing him in a leading role. And um, I saw this film right when it came out. I just logged in on Letterboxd for the first time yesterday because I hadn't watched it since before I got Letterboxd. And I love this film so much. Now, Richard Curtis is a guy who is obviously a staple to the British romance genre. I mean, obviously, you have Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually, Notting Hill. Um, and he recently wrote, what was that movie? The Yesterday, the Beatles movie that Danny Boyle directed. Um, and 
I love the dialogue. I think this film is very well directed as well. It's a little over two hours. It definitely does feel long. Like you could feel the runtime of this movie. But I'm able to push that aside because I really do love the romance here. I think Damal and Rachel have beautiful chemistry with one another. It's also a very unconventional parent because Damal's not, he again, not a bad looking dude at all. But he's not like your muscular, jacked, athletic guy and everything. Then you have Rachel who's like, so cute in this movie she's so adorable it's so different from what we had seen her in because she's always the more peppy and like energetic person but here she looks very homely she it kind of reminded me a lot of Shailene Woodley's character in the spectacular now to where Shailene Woodley is a beautiful person I think she's really really gorgeous but that movie, she wasn't wearing makeup she wasn't trying to look like the hot girl or everything she was just dressing very casually and laid back and I love the character Mary. I love how endearing and wholesome she is. And I really love her relationship with Tim. I think they, it's a beautiful relationship. And in its core, this is a father-son movie. And I have a very good relationship with my father. And whenever I watch movies like this, it definitely hits a lot harder for me. Because it's like, you know, the consequences of constantly traveling back and forth in time. And then how it could change your life for better and in certain cases for worse and i really love what richard curtis was saying i love the chemistry between the, the two leads i think all the performances are great i think bill nye is fantastic in this film he's so good fantastic character actor i love the range that he brings to practically all of his roles i love that he just became an oscar nominee this past year i wasn't super high on living but i loved his performance in it i thought he was absolutely wonderful in it and i really think he was genuinely great in this movie and it felt kind of crazy seeing two harry potter actors on screen together two actors that were introduced in the series much later because they both didn't come in until deathly house part one and there was a sequence where they were in the same room, I believe. And I was just like, huh, think about how a couple years later you're going to both be in a film called About Time where you play father and son. Absolutely wild. Love it so much. Yeah, About Time is really, really great. It was also the introduction. I know a lot of people say The Wolf of Wall Street was Margot Robbie's introduction. But technically, this came out before Wolf of Wall Street. Obviously, the role was significantly smaller. And it's one of the few times where we hear Margot utilize her Australian accent and not the same New Jersey accent that she utilizes in every goddamn movie that she's been doing here in the States. I'm tired of it. I love Margot Robbie. I really do. And I love a lot of the stuff that she's in. But I'm about tired of that same New Jersey accent. Like, I really think Babylon was like the nail in the... I'm like, all right, enough already with this accent. I can't do it anymore. Just, just stop. And yes, the character's from New Jersey, but it's like, don't you know how to do like a... A Boston accent or a I That's don't know. the one she can do. That's <laughs> like Margot, honey, you got you gotta learn new accents, honey. You got you gotta do it. Uh, no, but I love about time and that ending literally makes me sob uncontrollably. Not to spoil oh. anything for anyone who hasn't seen it, but my god, just like the consequences of like what would happen if Tim decides to do what he wants yeah. to do. But then you realize in the long run you got to live life to the fullest. You live life as it goes on and how just take it one day at a time and just appreciate what you have in front of you. Don't let it go. Don't push it away. 
just keep living life and having the best time ever and that's a saying that i will go by for the rest of my life that's a motto that's a mood that i will go by for every single day that i'm still here in this world i really do love about time so much it's funny that that was your first experience with domino gleason though because mine was frank do you know frank oh my god i could go on and on about that has the big that's that that big. Uh, listen when we when we stop recording i need first... to i need to gush with you about that movie because that oh my god just mm, masterpiece so that and ex machina were my two first ex machina yeah experiences so like watching him at about time after that after you know watching frank which is like a great but sad <laughs> oh my god sad in a different way that than, that that um, goes from being a hilarious film to a heartbreaking film so quickly that goes <laughs> so fast so so fast um and then you know watching ex machina which is just like such a eerie scary dumb dumb all just like dire situation but like he's so good in that movie but then about time is just such a like i just feel like it was it's such a like what's the what's the word for it? like uh, I don't want to say the word elevated but it's just like it's just such good writing it is such good writing about time like when you think about rom coms of the last like ten years like I always put that one toward the top because it's just one of it's one of the best written ones even though it is long you know like you said it's over two hours but that's because it does like verge onto being like it has so many genres in it I don't really think of it as just being. A romantic comedy because romantic comedies i usually think of as being like an hour and a half to hour 45 minutes they're more on like the lighter side they're something you watch more to feel good whereas like about time does have romantic comedy elements in it romance and comedy but then the drama is also there and that's why i feel like it's it gets away with being a little long for its genre because it is so well written and it, it does have so many different like layers going on and in different connections being built and fleshed out in that movie. And like you said, not to give any, no, no spoilers, but like the ending is just like, just like stays. I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but it just like, it just stays with you that like that kind of like I see Bill Nye and I just feel like kind of sad. Sometimes oh. I see him, even though there's like no reason to, but I'm just like, just like, Oh, that movie. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I love it so okay. much. So, now we're at our number ones and i'm gonna be completely honest i'm gonna be so incredibly shocked this will hands down be the biggest shock of this entire podcast if we do not have the same number one so nasha i don't think what what is your favorite rachel mcadams (laughs) film of all time i think i'm gonna shock you my so i want to preface this by saying that i've had different favorites of rachel mcadams in my life because she's been I feel like she's been with me for so long <laughs> and at this point in my life right now my favorite Rachel McAdams performance in movie is Eurovision does that shock you oh it shocks me <laughs> so I would say like five years ago I would have probably said Bean Girls definitely but now I feel like I'm not at that point I'm in my life where I watch it anymore I don't know and then Notebook there was a time where that was my favorite one of her too. She's a star. But Eurovision, I love Eurovision. I am like obsessed with her in that movie in particular. Just like 
I did you did you get a chance to watch it before? Do you hate it? <laughs> you're not gonna say anything. Okay. I'll say I, my I'll say my piece when like, you're done. <laughs> okay, okay. I you know, I, I'm a, I like Will Ferrell well enough. I, I definitely watched it for her. I, I, w- I had no expectations. I think it was during COVID. I was like, of course I'm gonna watch Rachel McAdams in this comedy. She's a del- she's lovely at comedy. She's so good at them. But this one just like I love her character. I love that she I mean the whole message of the movie just like the idea that like, you know, she's got this like immense talent. She's like and you know that he's kind of like suppressing almost because he's trying to be the he wants to be the bigger star even though she's the one who actually has this big talent but she doesn't want that life like she wants to have her small town her you know her quiet life and that's like all it's all that's what makes her happy that's like enough him him her home is enough for her and that's like her happiness is there and like you know she just wants him to see that they've had their happiness like the whole time and like but i just think like there's so many little things in that movie that are just so funny that she does just like with her facial expressions and her i mean the outfits and the hairstyles i give her are all just so perfect but like she's so giddy in that movie too she's got this like great positivity to her and like she always has like two drinks all the time and they're always both for her and they do it so well throughout the movie where like and like she you know she stays in character so well and like in keeping with that that like any time a drink comes out in any scene she is always taking two of them and like someone always is going for one of them she's always like turning away and i just like loved like i love whenever i watch it i catch those those moments and uh her playing off of Dan Stevens also like I love him Dan Stevens is I mean future talking about future Oscar nominees I think Dan Stevens for sure will be I don't know what role that will be because he is like he speaks like multiple languages so he's just like acting in all sorts oh my god I'm your man I don't know if you saw I'm your man but he's phenomenal in that movie oh my god he plays like an AI love robot. That's a, he's so good. <laughs> he's just like watch it if you have a ch- have you ha- if you have a chance. He, but I I was so surprised by him in Eurovision because even though he's like kind of over the top, he he's so like he, he could eat in that movie that type of movie they could easily make him like the villain, but really he's not the villain. He's actually kind of like a lovely person who's just kind of like. Again, like just kind of over the top, just like, and he like so he he like Im- takes on the role. Like him and Rachel McAdams have this like great banter, and uh, you know, her line deliveries, her just her her just joy comes through in that role, and it just like made and during COVID especially, it just made me so happy to watch that movie and to watch her in that movie. Like she made that for me so much, and I. I, I don't know if I would have loved it as much as if it wasn't for her. And also, I think it's like hard. You know, I've seen movies where people lip dub. And with her, I had to look it up because I was like, she's doing a really good job, I thought, of, of with certain songs, especially of lip dubbing them. And like, so when I looked it up I, and, you know, I found out the um, whose name I'm going to blank on right now. But the actual singer whose voice is like beautiful. And, you know, she's nominated for that for for best song, um, which like. Hands down, I what's one of my best, my favorite best original song nominees ever is Husevik. That just, 
so good. But she, you know, I, I had to look it up because she did such a good job. And I they were even talking about how she was like really like out of breath because she was like trying, even though she can't hit those notes, she was still like putting so much of herself into it so that she, you know, that the performances seemed like her and they even like kind of mixed her own voice into it because she was like you know trying so hard and yeah I love that movie I am I'm scared of what you're going to say about that movie I'm not going to lie Ryan you have to be nice though because I love it so much (laughs) okay okay so so now you're gonna hit me with Full, right. full disclosure before I give my thoughts. So af- after Nasha asked me, my camera literally like died on me. It's like the camera didn't want me to talk about the movie, but now we're fixed. Now we're here. Let's just talk about it. Okay, so I have not seen the movie, so I cannot provide any comments about it. I'm not going to say it sucks. I'm not going to okay. say it's terrible. I haven't seen it. I didn't. Let me preface this by saying this. As much as I love Rachel McAdams. And as much as I love almost everybody else in this cast, I don't like Will Ferrell. And that's the main reason why I still have not seen this movie. And it's sad because I love his comedies early on in his career. I love Anchorman. I love Elf. I love the other guys. I love Step Brothers. And I like Will Ferrell when he does drama. But... But in the past what? five years, I'm he plays the same <laughs> character and everything. And after a while, it got tiring to me. But I am excited to see him in Barbie. I cannot wait to see what he's going to do in that. I can't wait for him to be in that. But oh, yeah, so I, I cannot provide the any same comments. Character. I I, I can't <laughs> provide any comment on the movie because i haven't seen it i'm not the kind of person to put down a movie i haven't seen i'm not the kind of person to do that and anyone out there that does do that you need to get out of here because i don't approve of that but <laughs> i have not seen the movie but i did watch the who's fix scene i i watched the who's fix scene <laughs> and that was incredible okay. that was great and then when they did the performance at the oscars that was awesome but even though that was like the worst oh, oscars i've ever seen in my life but oh. But yeah, I need to you watch need to build it. Up. I I need to watch it. I I you're not you the only one who's it. recommended it to me. You're not the only one who's recommended. No, I'm just I just am trying. I want you just to know that I have also not watched Will Ferrell's comedies in the last like five years. And this part, this role, does not feel like like that casting. It feels like more like Elf reminiscent to me than than to. The other characters that he's played so well, well I'm glad. i was worried because i remember you saying to me that you might watch it so i was like oh no did you watch it i was gonna and try to but i him so much <laughs> i was gonna try to watch it but i just didn't have time to watch someone i hadn't seen i didn't have like i was yeah, trying I to know. rewatch all these other things but it's like man i really wanted to watch this but i am gonna watch it i feel like down the road i'm gonna have to do a will ferrell episode so I'm going to have to watch it then. Um, and I don't want to make it sound like it's going to be a chore, but it's not one that's high on my list. I mean, but kind of is. But, but. I mean, I am glad that you watched Red Eye, though, because Red Eye is really fun. So Red I, Eye is more. I will let uh, it pass. Red Eye is more my Eye. tempo than Eurovision is. Yeah. Plus, it doesn't have I mean, Will Ferrell like, in it, so you know. Although, you like musicals, so like. I do like musicals. I, yeah, so you might. 
You might like Eurovision. Well, someday you'll watch it because someone will someone will get you to watch it, or you will just because I'm saying it here now, <laughs> putting the peer pressure yeah. on you. Now, now every time it. I go on Netflix, your voice is gonna be in my head <laughs> saying, "Fucking put on Eurovision or else." I'd be like, for the love of Rachel McAdams, <laughs> you <laughs> must watch Eurovision. <laughs> She's so. I mean, the costumes alone in that movie. They're so good. I want like every outfit that she wears in that movie. I I want to like own it, and then I want someone to like do my hair and like all her little like buns and braids <laughs> and things. They're so good. For the love of Rachel Ann McAdams, please watch Eurovision. <laughs> it's my plea to everyone, <laughs> everyone, and then to tell me that you don't hate it because if you if you if you, if you don't like it, I just don't want you to hate it because that'll make me sad. So. <laughs> well, I'll make sure I don't hate Only, it just like, for you. Dislike. Dislike, but no hatred. Only no hatred. Okay. Here. All right. Got yeah. it. Got it. So that's mean. That's that's mean to me. So. And speaking and hatred. speaking of mean and speaking of mean, this is a very good transition to my number one. So as you could tell, my number one is Mean Girls. Yes, I am very shocked that this is not even on your list. I am genuinely surprised that this is not on your list, considering the fact that. Regina George is such a staple to the teen comedy genre, as well as comedies of the 21st century so far. Rachel McAdams as Regina George is literal perfection. This is a fantastic performance that is one for the books. A lot of people have talked about for the last 20 years, almost 20 years, that Rachel McAdams should have gotten an Oscar nomination for this. I 1,000% agree. She played the snobby, popular, high score so perfectly it was literal pitch perfect she nailed the look she nailed the attitude she nailed the mm. charisma she well, no one knew it was her she, no, no one, one knew, knew it was it her, was like, her. Yeah. like i <laughs> yeah. i'm still blown away that she pulled off this role as well as she did and mean girls is one of the funniest movies that i have honestly ever seen this is another film that when I watched it for the first time, I think about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, I was like, I was probably like 12 or 13 when I saw this for the first time. And I'm like, oh, it's a girl movie. This is not going to do anything for me. But when all these guys that I was friends with in middle school were like, no, it's actually really funny. I'm like, okay, I will watch. So I watched it with my sister, who I watched Mean Girls on loop constantly throughout the years leading up to this. And... I watched it and I was really surprised by how much I laughed at it. I was laughing nonstop. There's so many great lines. Regina George may not be my favorite character in the movie, but Rachel McAdams eats. Like, she eats in this role. And, I mean, she eats cheese fries, too, during the movie, which is great because cheese fries are some of my favorite things of all time. But, um... I love Mean Girls. I think it's such a staple to the teen comedies and now... Like, when you think back of the teen comedies from, like, the 80s and the 90s, and then you think about what teen comedies of the 2000s kind of stood the test of time, this is one of them. It became a culture phenomenon. Sure, it's very popular. It's one of those films that, like, the non-film lovers love, but it's also a movie that film lovers love. And there's a reason why it's still talked about so much to this day, because the comedy is sharp. The performances are great. 
Lindsay Lohan, this was the height of her career. She had just done Freaky Friday, which I fucking love that movie so much. I still love it to this day. <laughs> Same director, by the way, as Mean Girls, Mark Waters. He directed both of these back-to-back. And, I mean, what a what a one-two punch. Like, what a great one-two punch for the guy. That's so good. Lindsay Lohan is great as Katie. And then you have Amanda Seyfried as Karen. She's fantastic. Uh, Lacey Cabaret as Gretchen. She's great. All four of these girls are great, but then the supporting cast surrounding them, I mean, I don't even yeah. know where to begin. I literally have no idea where to begin, but I mean, you have Tina Fey, who, first of all, the screenplay for this film is fantastic. She wrote the script for this, and it's really, really excellent. Uh, she's great. She's so good in this as, um, what, what was her name? Oh my God, what's her name in the movie? Uh, Miss Norberry, oh, she's yeah. so good. She's so good. I love Tim Meadows as Principal Duvall. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite on-screen principals, just so good. Like, one of my favorite deliveries is when everyone goes crazy throughout the hallways and everything. Then he ignites the alarm. The sprinklers come down. And just the way he just screams from the top of his lungs, All girls report to the gymnasium immediately! Immediately! <laughs> Oh, it's so good. I love him so much. He's, he's so funny. All these SNL actors being in the movie are just so impressive. Like, you yeah. literally have, like, SNL alum one after the other. Um, And also, as a big Scrubs fan, as a huge Scrubs fan, I love that Neil Flynn played K.E.'s dad. I remember when I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, it's the janitor from Scrubs. I got so I got so excited. I was, like, so hyped. And everyone's like, why are you hyped about him? And I'm like, because it's the fucking janitor from Scrubs. Let me have my moment. Um, and then easily the standouts of the movie to me are Lizzie Kaplan as Janice and, of course, the great – Daniel Francesi as Damien. Damien is top 10 supporting performances in a comedy of the past 20 years, in my opinion. That character wow. is fantastic. He is so funny. He easily could have been a joke gone downhill. But he was so... Literally everything that comes out of his mouth is so... It's comedy gold. You're taking 12th grade calculus? Yeah, I like math. Ew, why? Because it's the same in every country. That's beautiful. It's 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 so good. It's great. But going back to Rachel McAdams, obviously our topic. Uh, this is a character that easily could have been written so poorly. This is a character that easily could have been performed by someone that didn't nail the vibe of Virginia George. But Rachel McAdams literally like disappeared into the role. She was so unlikable. Yeah. She was so beautiful. You enjoyed watching the character because of how good Rachel McAdams was as Regina George, but it's one of the best teen comedies to come out the past century. It's one of the best co studio comedies of the century so far. And I cannot believe it's almost 20 years old. I really cannot believe that it's almost 20 years old. And I like to think of what it would have been like to be in high school when this movie came out. I like to think of, like, what was it like being in high school when this movie came out? Because I, I guarantee you that if you were a I mean, high schooler when I this was. came out. So <laughs> what, was it, what was it like when this movie came out? Like, what was the vibe of it? Like, was everyone being like, oh, I'm going to make a burn book and write all these things about all these people that I hate, the students, the teachers, everyone. So honestly, it was more the, the 
the holiday dance theme, like when they're all in there, you know. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what? Wait, what song did they sing? Why am I rocking that? around the Christmas tree? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So when they the rocking that whole sequence was the thing that like everyone. I mean, everyone always talked about Regina George. That all the oh my quotes, everyone was quoting it. Tim Meadows, that every, that was like it was so big. It was so fun. I think it's one of the reasons it's not on my list is that I just watched it so much in high school and the rocking around the Christmas tree. Like everyone wanted to like there was no TikTok then, so it was just like let's do the dance and watch the dance scene from. From Mean Girls again. Uh, and you know, Lindsay Lohan was like so big at that time, especially with Freaky Friday coming out before, too. Like, I, when I, I think Wait. I made a high school movie, like, list of a quintessent. What? What about when Damien starts singing the Christina Aguilera song and then he just throws <laughs> back the football to them? Don't you bring me down today? It's, oh my God, so good. It's such a quotable movie. And like, oh, I mean, the quotes are so good, especially from him, especially from so him. Good like yeah i mean i still have like friends from high school who i'm connected to on facebook who whenever um what's the when when you know she's like on this day he asked me what day it is october 3rd october 3rd october 3rd every october 3rd like they do it every single year and they're they're people who are my my age from high school have been doing it since we got facebook in high school just like every single year it was just, I mean, it, it was so fun. And again, I think that's why it didn't end up on my list is just because it's like, if I had to think, I was like, when I thought of the five, I was like, what do I want to watch again the most? Like, I really want to watch Spotlight again because it's been so long and I just remember liking it so much. And like, I really want to watch Red Eye because I know it's so fun. And I, But like, Mean Girls, it really is like one of her most, pa- like, just, di- it just shows her range so much. And it is so good, but I just watched it so much. I, I think I made a high school list the other day of movies that, like, I just think when I think about high school, I think about these movies like they're mm. they're paired together, and it's like Eternal Sunshine, Garden State, and like Mean Girls. Oh, like those oh, three movies, oh, I watched oh, all the time. Oh, my precious <laughs> Garden State. <laughs> my precious Garden State. Oh my god, I I wrote in my yearbook that I was gonna like be married to Zach Braff in ten years. Like I thought he was just like. So cool that he wrote and directed the movie. Like, and then I was like, a few years ago, I was like, oh, I'm like way too young for Zach Braff. And then he started dating Florence Poe, and I was like, oh well. <laughs> I guess wait, 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 wait. What did you call her, Florence Poe? Puh. Isn't it? No, what is it? It's what Florence Pugh. <laughs> pew. Like pew. Oh my god. Like a gun. Pew pew. <laughs> so I, my mind, my brain said pew, and I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> You're confused. You're gonna say it wrong if you say it that way. Oh my god! See, I told you I only write the names down. I never have to say Florence Pope. <laughs> Puh. Puh. No, it's Pew. Okay, Florence Pew. Oh my god! I'm literally. I knew there'd be I one. Can't. I. Knew... I can't. I'm literally <laughs> there dying. There would be one. I said it to you at the beginning. I was like, I only like, I only ever write them. I know. I like spell them out phonetically. Usually, like. I don't spell people's names wrong, but I don't say them out loud very often. So <laughs> only to like my husband, who wouldn't know. <laughs> he would just think I was right, whatever I said. So. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so that's funny. But anyway, Mean Girls, it's very good. 
I do like it. I probably need to rewatch it, and maybe I'll have like I like be able to disconnect it from high school more. Mm-hmm. It's just so connected to that. And 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 I was you know we're like the same age as they were in the movie. And oh, and I was gonna say, I, is this true or is this like a thing that was like a a story I heard that I decided was true? Didn't Rachel McAdams originally try out for Lindsay Lohan's part in the movie? I think so. I heard that before. Yeah, and then Lindsay got casted in it, and so she ended up playing Regina George, even though she was like, well, like twenty six or something at the time. But they just like makeup and her straight uh, the straightened hair is the best because that was like such a thing <laughs> in high school. It's just like as bone straight as you possibly could get your hair in like the two thousands and. <laughs> Early or like what 2005 2006 in high school, um, she just looked so perfect. And you, I remember finding out how old she actually was. And sometimes, you know, you got like the situation where, um, you got like Dear Evan Hansen and you're like, he's too old, <laughs> he that is not a high schooler, L- literally, like, who are you literally puked just now on the <laughs> podcast, literally just puked. <laughs> I don't want to relive that trauma who, ever again. Are you trying to fool? Yeah, but like. Rachel McAdams, I think she's probably even, like, I think people are referencing it because she's, like, the same age as Ben Platt, but she She was 25 when they shot this. Everything they did made her look like a 16-year-old, and Mm -hmm. they didn't have de-aging CGI or whatever back then. Like, she, they just did a really good job with the makeup and the... The outfits and everything were just like so. Oh my god! On Wednesdays we wear pink. That was such a thing in high school too. I love it though. It's like so iconic that move. Like Tina Fey writing that movie, just perfect. Like, why didn't she get an Oscar nomination for best screenplay? Why? I mean, and it, they should like retcon or like give some like like be, like I'm sorry you didn't get one awards because like we're everyone's still t- we're still talking about it and you're like we're quoting specific lines from the movie like. That's and huge. then they and, and then they I've made seen it and, and then they made a very good musical of the movie and now they're making a musical <laughs> a movie version of that musical. <laughs> I forgot they were doing a movie version of the musical. No, the musical that is, is fu- so the musical funny. is fire. The musical is great. That was my last musical that I saw oh, on yeah. Broadway before the pandemic happened and oh my god, oh, so did good. You? Yeah, I was oh, I'm I so glad I go. saw it. It's so good. It was it's- so good. No, this is not related to any of that and just like a personal thing. We were probably past each other on the street before COVID because I used to go to Broadway all the time before We probably COVID did. Probably like just walked. We probably did. Never knew. <laughs> probably did. Probably oh, did. Man. Mean Girls looks. Me, I, I did that one. I heard that was really good musical. I'm so glad just for like that, that story. I feel like it's still connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like whenever people make like lists of villains, I'm always like, I mean, I usually do reply or I add to it, and I'm just like, Regina George needs to be on this list. Like, she mm-hmm. is the – and, like, I'm so bad with names. I remember her name. Like, it took me a minute to remember the other – that Katie. Katie is the main character, but Regina George is, like, everyone – like, almost everyone knows who you're talking about when you talk about Regina George. Like, so good. That's just how well she was written and how well she was performed. Just, like, Rachel McAdams, she's a treasure – Real treasure, so, and and it's like you, like you said at the beginning, I don't think I'd put her in my top ten actresses of all time. But if I see she's in a movie, I feel like more optimistic 
about that movie or mm-hmm. i know at least i'll like enjoy watching her if i watch it you know yes it's like um i don't know if you if you ever watched like the time traveler's wife which was like not not a good i would not recommend it it's very sappy i heard the show is a lot better than the movie was but like she's so darling in it like she's still like i watched the whole thing i didn't shut it off because like she's just so captivating she's so like she's just she brings so much to the role that even though the movie was like not good and i would not not it's like such it's such a strange story but i i I did again I heard the show is better, so I'm not knocking it. Book also heard that is good too, but that movie, not great. But Rachel McAdams, <laughs> very good in it. Yeah. 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 I mean, the last thing the I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about Mean Girls before we move on to the honorable mentions and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, Rachel McAdams really crushed it. Like, she was so good in this. And. You know, there are times, and I'm not going to lie when I say this, there are times where I drive away from my friend's house, I'm driving away, I leave my head out the window, and I just scream, and I want my picture back! <laughs> Still do it, it never gets old. Never gets old. Still just... do it. <laughs> oh, God, Damien People understand the reference, <laughs> the reference yet, but you still are less and less. But yeah, and then, uh, and then the last line I'll say is when he grabs the purse and runs away, and then... Um, I forgot the boyfriend's name. Aaron was chasing him, and then they just stumble across Coach Car and the girl. <laughs> Coach Car, train Peck. <laughs> Do you know that John Hamm is gonna play Coach Car in the Mean Girls musical movie? I just saw that. That is good casting. It's great casting. Like Love it so much. Love it so much. But before we get off topic and everything, um, Mean Girls is my number one. I love it so much. Great film. So great. So before we get into talk about some of the films that didn't make the cut, let's recap our list from five to one. So, Nasha, what is your list? All right. So my number five was Spotlight. Four was Red Eye. Three was About Time. Two was Morning Glory, and number one was Eurovision Song Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. And to recap my list, coming in at number five is Red Eye, number four is Spotlight, number three is Game Night, number two is About Time, and number one is Mean Girls. So that is it with our list. Let's talk about some of the films that didn't make the cut. So, Nasha, what are some films that you want to give a shout-out to? Oh, so... I mentioned this. I mean, obviously, Mean Girls was not on my list, but I do still love it and appreciate Rachel McAdams' part in that movie. And if I watch it again, I think I will regret not having it on my list. But it's just been it's so tied to high school for me. And I just feel like that kind of like like, it made me a little jaded toward it. But if I watch it again, I'm sure I'll I'll change my mind and then or I'll regret my decision. Uh, The Notebook always will hold. I think I, I was talking about this earlier, but like having read the book, Rachel McAdams just like made that role more than it was even written to be. And her chemistry with Ryan Gosling, just forever one of the best chemistries. I know that, that teen ch- or no, what was it? MTV best kiss award will live in infamy in my mind because I was like a teenage girl at the time watching the two of them and just being like they're just like the cutest couple of of the 2000s and you know that part 
it's very i don't know that i would watch it again because it's just not really like my vibe anymore it's a little a little cheesy for me but she really just was so so endearing in that in that movie and just like made it so much so much more fu- like so much more funny than it was in the book like she brought so much comedy to that part and obviously the writers brought comedy to that part too for the movie but like i just feel like her her natural ability came through and, and made in her chemistry with ryan gosling came through and just made it even more than what what it was written to be um and then I'm trying to think if I have any other honorable mentions. I think I think those are my only only two I want to point out. What what about you? Um Wedding Crashers is a really hilarious film, so I felt like I had to give a shout out to that. I mean, I know that you don't watch Wedding Crashers for Rachel McAdams, you watch it for Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. They're so great together and separately. They're both so good in the film. Um, love it so much. Uh, Family Stone I wanted to give a shout-out to because I really liked her in it, and I do like practically everybody in that ensemble, including Diane Keaton, so I think it's cool that they worked together before they did More and Glory together. Um, and uh, what else did I put as an honorable mention? Uh, Sherlock Holmes I really enjoy. I think that was cool for her to do a film like that. Um, because it's not the kind of film that we were used to seeing her do. And she has a small part in the sequel, but I'm going to put the first one as an honorable mention because she's in that more than she is in the sequel. Although both of them are really, really solid films. And, you know, there have been reports for, like, it feels like an eternity for them to make a Sherlock Holmes 3. If they want to make it, I think they should make it when they're ready to make it. I don't think there should be any rush in making it. There was a recent interview with Robert Downey Jr.'s wife, uh susan who's like a high profile producer mm-hmm. she was like we're just waiting for the right script and everything as you should as you should make it when you want to make it and then mm-hmm. i know that the person who made this movie is not the best subject to talk about so i'm not going to say the name of the director but i personally am a huge fan of midnight in paris and I love that Rachel is so bitchy in that movie. She is so unlikable. She is so despicable. And I love that it's a wedding crashes reunion between her and Owen Wilson. I I think that film has one of the coolest premises of all time. Say what you want about the person who made it. We're not going to say their name because we're not doing that on this podcast. But the film itself, I love so much. I think it's such a clever and very cool concept. It's like this writer... And then he accidentally goes back into the past and meets all these writers. And Owen Wilson is playing Owen Wilson just going, wow, I'm in the 20s. Wow. Wow, man. Wow. Like, it's it's, it's great. I love it. And it won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, which I think is a very deserving win. Because the screenplay for this is fucking great. The dialogue is great. The energy is great. I love that film so much. And the only reason why I didn't put it in my top five is because Rachel, while her role is substantial to the story, she's obviously not like one of the leads of the movie. So I felt like it would have felt weird to put that film in the top five, even though I would say that objectively it might be my favorite film that she's in. But realistically, I think Mean Girls and the other four films that I put are better for her because she's the lead of pretty much all of them, except for Mean Girls. Obviously, she's not the lead of that, but... Um. Yeah, I love Midnight in Paris. So those are my honorable mentions. It's funny. I'm not gonna talk about it too much, but Midnight in Paris. It's the reasons that you love Midnight in Paris are like the reasons that I thought it was so boring. 
Oh. And like, it's funny that you, because when you were like, oh, like, oh, who's that writer? Who's that author? Who's that? Like, for me, when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, he's not, he's looking for another author. <laughs> I like could not, but I just could not get into it. I did try to watch it, but like, oh man, it, it, but it is funny. I mean, it, that's what shows you, right? Everyone takes something different from films and like what I would have put as like the negative was like what was like so positive for you and like that I do love that right I love how people take different things and and different things from like again we both love Rachel McAdams and she's in that movie I don't even like remember her part in that movie so the fact that she stood out so much for you and like you it's just it's really interesting it's like what I love about film so much it's just like the different interpretations and different experiences people have watching them you know? I mean, obviously, she wasn't, like, yeah. the pinnacle of that movie. Like, that was Owen Wilson's movie from start to finish. Yeah. But, obviously, since she played his fiance in that, it, she was obviously pivotal to the story in some capacity. But, um... Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember she like, was in it. I just... That movie, like, just did not stick... <laughs> No, I get it. I get it. It's not. It's not the most exciting movie. I. I'll I'll admit, the first time I saw it, I wasn't into it either. But then I rewatched it just randomly in college, and I was just like, "Oh "Oh, man, this is actually really good." Well, and like you know, with a dialogue-heavy movie, you really have to be like into what they're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have a real vested interest in it, or it's just people talking about something that you're not interested in right Mm -hmm. like that's really what it comes down to yeah yeah that's interesting definitely and before we close out the episode i think we should just give our anticipation for her newest film the movie that we're doing this episode in honor of are you there gods me margaret i'm really excited to see this the reviews for this have been very very strong so far I'm so excited that the director of Edge of 17 is making a film again. I think when that was announced that she was working with Rachel McAdams, I'm like, yes, give it to me now. Um, I have not read the book that this is based on. Um, I cannot relate to anything that this movie's talking about, but I love myself a coming-of-age film. I love practically all the actors in this movie, and I love the director of it. And naturally, that gets me really excited, and plus... Rachel McAdams and Benny Safdie playing husband and wife. I mean, what a parent. Oh, my God. That is a very oh, unique yeah. parent. And Kathy Bates is in it, too. And who doesn't love Kathy Bates? So I'm really excited to see this movie. I cannot wait to see it when I get the chance to. So we'll talk about your anticipation for Are You There, Gods, Me, Margaret. Yeah, you know, I also didn't read that one. But I, I obviously, I heard about it so much growing up. It was just one of those ones that, like, it's just always in circulation. Someone was always reading it. I was talking about it the other day because I was like, in my mind, it's like Judy Bloom and like Lois Lowry. They're all together in this like sphere of like books written about like, you know, having young adults in uh, coming of age experiences and, you know, just being relatable and just, um, I, yeah, I, I am excited for it because like you said, Edge of Seventeen super underrated i definitely got a little overshadowed by ladybird which is too bad because there's it's so it's so like it's it has such a different vibe than ladybird like i feel like they they shouldn't be even compared to each other because it's such other than being coming of age stories they are not the same movie they they deal with different things and they have different characters and like um just their leads are both just so have their own their own uniqueness to them and yeah like you said rachel mcadams being in it 
love that casting. I actually didn't know that Benny Safdie was in it. That's also, I don't know how I missed that, but I love, I love, I haven't watched any trailers because I feel like I didn't need to because I've already heard that it's good and I'm like, I just have a teen director. Don't even yeah. need to watch the trailer. I'm going to watch the movie, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And, but I like, I love that he's in it because he, I didn't love Licorice Pizza, but I loved him in Licorice Pizza. Oh, I mean, I, I could go, like, I, I could go on for hours about Licorice Pizza and my love for but it. But he was like, he's just like, he, again, he's kind of like Rachel McAdams and like the fact that even in like a really small part, he like brings so much to it. And I, and I, you know, all of her pairings, her, of, you know, her husbands and her partners and that she's been paired with in her movies, they're always so strong. And I, and I feel like the two of them together is going to be like just a really, really good, I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. Absolutely. And to close out this episode, I mean, Rachel McAdams is one of the most likable presents in Hollywood. She always gives it her all. I love that she doesn't stick to one specific kind of movie. I love that she diversifies herself into doing one genre after the other. I have so much respect for her. I've loved seeing her career go in the places that it's gone. And I cannot wait to see where her career goes from here on out. So what are your final thoughts on Rachel McAdams? I'm just so glad that she's had such a consistent career and I hope that she'll get the opportunity to do another action horror movie because Red Eye is just like super cool and she's proven that she can do it and I just hope that she she gets the opportunity because she always delivers and you know I just I'm excited to see where her career keeps building to you know she's I feel like I've grown up grow I grew up with her in a sense and I just can't wait to just like continue seeing her making these great great stories most definitely so nasha it was such a blast to have you on tonight to talk to me about regiment gum so thank you so much for coming on of course thank you for having me on brian this was fun absolutely and where could the people find you online <laughs> you can find me on twitter under nasha foster i post a lot of movie lists and yeah talk about movies <laughs> and so. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can follow me on all social medias at brian Seffield. you guys can subscribe to the show on any podcast or platform of your choice we have a twitter and instagram so you guys can stay up to date with what's going on in film fragments we have a lot of great guests coming your way lots of great topics so be on the lookout for that thank you guys so much for listening to this episode i really appreciate it and i'll see you guys for the very next episode of film fragments take care everybody <laughs>